Hey, it's Papa Novak here, and we are stoked to have Brian Case, the guitar player and singer from the great local Chicago band Facts, on the pod. Brian has been around the local scene since the mid-90s, and we talk about his musical journey, as well as the great new Facts record, Still Life in Decay. As usual, please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter, as well as our Facebook page, No Wristbands We Drink for Free. There's also great content on our Dig In blog on the website, NoWristbands.com. Thanks. All right, everybody. This is Papa Novak with my uh, co-host, Mark Joyner. How you doing, Mark? Hello, hello. I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Uh, we are excited today to have Brian Case from the Chicago Trio Facts with us. Uh, Brian's guitar player, singer, uh, songwriter, um, and done a million things in Chicago. So uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about today. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Mark? Uh, Brian? Great. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just get into it. So. Yeah. Brian, when did you know you wanted to be a musician? Um, it was early, early age. I remember just really loving, always loving music. We were always like listening to records when I was young and like dancing around in the basement. And <laughs> I always had like, uh, I always would carry cassettes with me, <laughs> even though I didn't have a tape player just in case <laughs> anything came up. We needed music. Sure. Um, yeah, I always I loved it. I grew up around music and um, always really responded to it. So yeah, it was. I feel like it's always kind of been a part of my life. Uh, who were some of your early influences? Who well, whose tapes were you carrying around at that time? Uh, there you go. Uh, I had the Goonies soundtrack. Hell um, yeah! <laughs> uh, Born in the USA, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Genesis, Invisible Touch. I remember. Okay. Those tapes getting regular rotation at a young mm-hmm. age. <laughs> you know, when I listen to your music, I definitely hear some Cindy Lauper vibes in there. So. Oh yeah, I hope <laughs> see that Goonies soundtrack really uh, got yeah. through to you. I would love that. <laughs> uh, how old were you when you started playing music? And what instrument did you did you pick up? And I was how did that all work. Uh, I started with piano. My mom. And I got a piano that my sister and I took lessons on. I did that for about a year, maybe. And my, I think I was, I was probably at like 11, 12. And mm-hmm. then my piano teacher uh, told my mom that I, sh- she should get me a guitar if she wants me <laughs> to continue to play music because piano was not my thing. So <laughs> luckily my parents uh, heeded that advice and yeah. got me a guitar and I started, you know, uh, taking some lessons at this place in town and well it, it sounds like you had a good piano teacher i think so yeah <laughs> she knew what was up <laughs> uh did you feel like an instant connection playing the guitar or was it hard work learning or was it something you picked up pretty easily i i don't remember it being easy or hard but i remember it, it being quite a while before i i don't feel like i really started to learn much until i started playing with some kids in my neighborhood and Mm -hmm. that's when it kind of started to make sense and when you could sort you know once you could kind of play a song you're like oh this is like i get this now like you know (laughs) we were all sort of helping each other and just having fun so that's when it really became more of a thing uh and when did you take that that leap into um 
writing your own music and like messing around and not playing other people, you know, not playing yeah. Cindy Lauper. Uh, that group of guys, we we learned a bunch of covers and had fun, and then we started, you know, kind of just naturally started trying to figure out if we could do the, that with our ideas. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was probably seventh grade, eighth grade. We had kind of wrote a bunch of songs and recorded them, and we're playing shows as like a band. So yeah, so yeah, seventh or eighth grade. And this is. Uh, growing up, you grew up not in Chicago. You grew up in in like St. Louis, right? Yeah, this is in St. Louis. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Uh, and so then, as this, these aren't the same guys that you did Ninety Day Men with, is it? No, no, no. Okay, take us from this this cover band to Ninety mm-hmm. Day Men, if you'd be so kind. Sure. So that band played for a couple years, and then uh, the band split in two, and uh the singer and i started a new band with some guys that were uh that the singer went to school with and so so there was a new band and through that band we had some friends with older brothers some of those guys had older brothers and they were in uh bands that uh included casey the drummer of 90 day men and Mm -hmm. chandler the original bass player so I met them uh, just through the guys that I began playing with. And then as we all kind of went through high school and started, you know, leaving St. Louis or talking about what we want to do next, I Chandler and Casey had moved to Chicago and I we had talked about playing together. And so I came up here to to I moved up here to go to school and to start uh, that band with them. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh uh, and I think what's so interesting is uh, not to like tell you what kind of music you write, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I think the thing about uh, 90 Day Men, we'll just start there, is is it's not like a generic rock band, right? So there was different things. Your journey took you from like mainstream music to a little bit more like indie in, in flavor. Yeah. When did, is that like, you heard stuff on the radio and you're like, that's not for me. Like take us on that journey to how you developed your sound. Uh, I have this really distinct memory of like getting some like tapes from people that just like in seventh grade, this, the guy who had the locker next to me, he made me a tape and one side was Ozzy Osbourne and the other side was sex pistols. <laughs> and I'd wow. never heard, you know, I knew like the Ozzy stuff. But I'd never heard Sex Pistols. I'd never heard anything that sounded like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like the recording was different. Like the voice was different. Like you know, uh, and I was like so curious. And then I had a friend who had an older sister who was in the new wave. So he gave me this tape with like, you know, just like Echo and the Bunnymen and yeah. you know, Jane's Addiction and like Susie and the Banshees. Like all this stuff. I you know I, was, I mm-hmm. had no exposure to outside of that. So I was learning about this kind of other world. And then uh, I remember it was eighth grade graduate. The day I graduated eighth grade, my friend Chris came over and because we were going to see Rush play. Hell yeah. And he brought over uh, Fugazi 13 songs and Misfits. Mm. And we oh, listened yeah. to it. And then I was like, I want to go to this. I don't want to go see this. <laughs> like, this is, like, this is what I want to go see play. Uh-huh. So, you know, just like friends and older brothers yeah. and sisters, sort of that, you know, style started coming in. And it was just so mm-hmm. different and 
mysterious to me that as you like start to explore it and you learn that it's like a whole subculture and I just yeah. I connected with that and I felt like a part instantly like a part of that. So that's so cool. Yeah. And and and, and when you do that, suddenly you, you you know you start to make different friends, you know, people yeah, that are exactly. into that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think what's cool about that is also of that era, right? Like you had no idea these bands existed. Somebody tipped you off with a tape, right? Yeah. The barrier of entry was like so much more difficult, so much more deliberate yeah. now versus then versus now where somebody's on Spotify and you can go from, you know, the Beatles to Emperor in like yeah. half an hour if you want. Exactly. To just like yeah. jumping, yeah. jumping, jumping. Yeah. Uh what were so like Fugazi Sex Pistols are like your your gateway bands at this point. Are they are they bands you still love to this day would you say like those were the biggest influences on you at that time i mean fugazi certainly like i love fugazi um yeah, they're great sex pistols i i didn't it's not i don't love or dislike sex pistols um i love public image limited mm-hmm. so it was cool to sort of see how that band changed you know how that band broke apart and changed and switched sure. things up but uh yeah i mean fugazi's like the ethics and the music and their like growth and how they changed is super inspirational to me. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. the ultimate DIY band, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, And it's kind of hard to like Johnny Lydon nowadays, right? I guess. Uh, Yeah. I'm a little conflicted. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. John Lydon, Morrissey kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I, <laughs> I love the Smiths and more like love Morrissey's music. Love the Smiths. It's, it's a challenge. And I, yeah, I'm trying to grapple with constantly, but I, yeah, I, still I mean, I'm always sh- I know, like, you know, there's so many rotten things I'm sure people have done that you don't know about or overlook, or sure, it's like it's hard to, you know, I understand that's a thing, but with Morrissey, I don't know, it's just it's it's kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's just so upfront about it, right? It's not like he's doing the stuff and he's like, this is off to the side. It's like, hey, I'm going to tell you about it a million times. Yeah. 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 It's, Come on, Morrissey. Yeah. It's frustrating. If we ever get him on, we'll have to ask him to defend himself. I'm there you go. He'll never come on. <laughs> uh, so you decide to move to Chicago for school and the music. What mm-hmm. What time? What is this is like mid to late 90s at this point? Yeah. What, this is when are we talking? The here? fall of 1995. Man, so, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I moved and, up here. Um and we had kind of started 90 Day Men at the beginning of summer just writing songs in St. Louis. And then uh we all moved up here and got a practice space and we were really just writing and like trying to get like we knew a show would come eventually and we wanted to be ready and like be yeah. the mm-hmm. best. So we just <laughs> practiced all the time and wrote. And I love that. It was a really fun time of like I was out of the house for the first time. Like there were no rules. Uh, we were just playing yeah. music all the time. It was like it was awesome. So did did you start meeting people in the Chicago music scene right away? Or uh, yeah, did- like I was I was going to school at DePaul, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tim Kinsella was going to school there, so I met him. I'd seen Loved him play him. Like, uh, before that, and then. Uh, so I was, it was really cool to like see this. I was like, Hey, I saw your show in St. Louis and we right. talked and, you know, we started meeting up and a bunch of people who had bands were going to school there. And it was, you know, you're kind of just finding your way into this little scene. I right. lived around the corner from lounge Jacks, And, uh, 
Oh, nice. That's a great space to be in. Yeah, and I had, like, a really shitty ID that worked somehow. <laughs> I wasn't, like, drinking, you know. I was just going sure. to every show. So I think I was – they probably knew I was not 21. Uh-huh. I was there well, all Mark Greenberg's such a nice guy. He was never going to turn you away, right? Yeah, exactly. I love yeah. Mark. Um, <laughs> He's the best. So, yeah, it, it, yeah he is the best. Guy. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was just, like, crazy. Like, I lived in a city – by a club that all the bands I liked played. Like yeah. I was playing mm-hmm. music. I was like, it was fun. I kind of felt like, I, like this freedom that I had never felt before. I feel like everybody in that scene kind of like shifts in and out of Joan of Arc. You were never in Joan of Arc. I wasn't, we should have yeah. space, but uh, I was okay. never in the band. Yeah. Love okay. Joan of Arc. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what's that describe that energy that it must have been like chicago was like exploding with music at that time you're in your late teens early 20s like yeah like? i mean it was awesome like thrill jockey had just started and had put out some like real heaters right out of the gate yeah. but you go i think had hit like a really cool like second era for them mm-hmm. and uh i mean there was just music everywhere and like so much and and then you know there was still like smashing pumpkins thing you know which is you know, not like, like a huge scene on me, but like, yeah. you know, I, they have awesome songs like, yeah. you know, it, and there was just like a presence around the city, you know, like there was so much music and it was all different kinds right. happening like all over. So, it, and you know, then there's living in that part of town, there's all those blues clubs right on Halstead. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was, there was just like everywhere you turned, there was yeah. music. And, and, and the thing is, like, the first time you actually go out and and discover that, you know, explore that is always the best. So, yeah, exactly. you know, when when everything is new and everywhere you turn is something new, that yeah. that's the that's the greatest time. Yeah. And it's still this era where it's like. You know, you're only hearing music if you're buying it or something. So, like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. still meeting up with all these records that you've never heard of. And they're like this just came out you know, and you're like, I've never heard right. of this. You listen right. to it and you're like, Oh my God. Oh, they're playing at lounge jacks. And uh-huh. like, you know, like stuff like that. So it was like, it wasn't the instant gratification of like having access to all recorded right. music in your pocket, but it was this thing where you're being turned on to something and then instantly having the chance to like witness it live, which mm-hmm. was really cool. A lot of that stuff, like St. Louis had great shows, but it didn't get, the same amount that like right. yeah you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Did for obvious reasons yeah uh so i had a great question i was gonna ask you oh yeah okay so how easy was it to get a show back then uh we like made a demo and sent it to the fireside like to their p.o box Love and then the within uh like a month or two they or i guess yeah, we sent it to him in the fall, and our first show was January of '96. So okay. it took a, like a couple months to get on the calendar, which was fine because we were mm-hmm. still like you know getting ready. And uh, yeah, but we played like a house show or something. We did a few things, but we mm-hmm. were really just like getting ready. So, and then once that happened, we met some friends at that show or made friends with one of the bands we played with called Luster King, and uh, then we just started booking tons of shows together and setting up stuff for out of town and it was it was great awesome uh yeah and so so many people have this idea like i'm gonna go do this thing i'm gonna whatever that thing is right like i'm gonna go be a musician and very few people actually do it so like what in you what in with your your bandmates like what was there ever a doubt that you guys were gonna make a go of it no i mean we had all 
been in bands for years by then. So we were, you know, we felt like we had learned kind of what we could in that environment. And now we were in a city that was like really bustling with music and there was a, you could see things happening and we wanted to be a part of that. So we were really motivated to like, you know, work hard at it, spend mm-hmm. time. With it. Uh, and so not to like jump or move too quickly through this part, but 90 day men eventually splits up and kind of goes their separate ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that something that you saw coming? Did it catch you off guard? Like sometimes people in it, like you hear Jeff Tweedy talk about, uh, Jay Farrar ending Uncle Tupelo, and he was like, "Wait, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I had no idea this was coming." But outside right. people were probably like, "Yeah, no, this was coming for a while." Yeah, it was. I mean, the end of that band got really hard, um, and it was really just like we had spent so long, like really hustling and mm-hmm. putting everything into it that we never like. It wasn't like, okay, let's break up, we're done. It was like let's just take a break for a minute because there was some shit that needed to get sorted out and just during that break everybody sort of kind of drifted into some other stuff and we never really came back to it um so there could be more 90 day men uh, <laughs> sure there could be <laughs> I, I, I don't probably not Got you it. know never say never but uh i don't know yeah do well, you feel well, like Oh, I was I, I was reading an interview that you did like a couple years ago or something, and somebody was asking about like, I don't know, how long is facts going to go on? And you said something to the effect of like, you know, there comes a point in like every band where suddenly it's over. It's mm-hmm. it's not like you, you planned for it or anything, but yeah. it just ends. And then yeah. you're on to the next thing. Yeah, it's yeah. I would never have guessed that, you know, 90 day men would have ended when it did or that you know disappears would have been a band for 10 years you know like mm-hmm. you, and just it just it's just like anything like the days are long and the years kind of go by fast like yeah think about everything you did and it's wild and then you think about the time that it existed in and it's yeah i mean you just you never know so mm-hmm. i try not to think about the end i just think about, <laughs> I just think about the present think about yeah, what's yeah, happening. yeah 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 i love it, it, it uh, enjoy the ride yeah yeah absolutely so when 90 day, not to dwell on the end here, but 90 That's day okay. ends, uh-huh. uh, how, what are you like, do you have a plan for what's next? Have you been playing music with other people and you're like, okay, this thing that was a side project now is going to be my main focus. Like right. you eventually get into disappears. You eventually mm-hmm. perform disappears. You eventually play with the ponies. Mm-hmm. Now we're at facts. Like, was there, how long did it take you to find your, your new group and like, you know, form this and start making music together? So a few months before, uh nine day men stopped we played a show with the ponies and uh that show was their guitar players uh last show with them um and we had uh the same booking agent and so i think they were deciding if they were even going to be a band anymore mm-hmm. and then uh our booking agent was like hey the ponies are looking for a guitar player is that something you'd be interested in? and you know the nine day men stuff it's sort of we knew kind of what was happening. And uh, so I was just like, yeah, that seems like fun. Like that band is great. And, you know, it would be fun to to do something different for a little bit. You know, it's kind of exactly what we had all been talking about. Like, let's all just take our time and like, you know, focus on something else for a minute. And then, you know, I think we can appreciate this in a different way or we can decide if this is something we want to Mm -hmm. continue to do. So I went and met Jared, Melissa, and Nathan, and we played like 
practiced in their kitchen one day and it was super <laughs> fun and they had a tour coming up and an album coming out and they're like well do you want to just you know do these couple things and we'll see what happens and and i did and it was great and i you know that band did a lot of stuff which was really awesome <laughs> uh how long did it take you to to get comfortable playing with these new musicians i mean your other band you guys have been a band for like 10 yeah. 12 years at that point uh it was pretty comfortable right pretty quickly because uh i think because i didn't know them you know so oh, i didn't sure. have any expectation and i also wanted to like do a good job mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so it was like i we just got it like we clicked pretty pretty instantly and like you know that music is some of my favorite it's really simple and stripped down and i was coming from a kind of different world with 90 day men. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know. It was, it was a challenge in its own way, but it was, uh, but I, it did come together pretty quickly and everybody really got along and, you know, we had a, a really, we, had, we felt like, you know, it was a good thing. It kept going. So. Yeah. That's, that's, it's gotta be a very unique experience where you're stepping in with people who've been playing together for. for yeah. Like, yeah. And there was a couple mm-hmm. in that band, you know, and, I didn't know what their relationship was like. And then, you know, walking into a situation where they had also, you know, gotten a lot of attention when they had put out their first record. So I think they Mm -hmm. were dealing with some sort of like, uh, you know, people expected their next thing to be good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the guys who helped write it left. So like, I was sort of like, kind of just coming in and trying to make them not have to worry about the songs being yeah. correctly every night you know just like let them focus their attention on the things that they felt like they needed to and then you guys end up getting signed to matador and everything mm-hmm. like that that has to be a pretty surreal feeling at that point yeah it was awesome. so much music you it was so fun to. like it was an awesome ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh so at, the, at what point does does do you start the wheel start turning and you're like I this is good stuff, but like I kind of want to take music in a different direction, and then the disappear starts to happen. Right. I mean, ponies was kind of a similar thing to Nine Day Men, where it just it just kind of wound down to a point where mm-hmm. it was like people needed some time off and uh, or a time away, I should mm-hmm. say. And I was just writing songs, like thinking, you know, I even I was writing songs like I don't know if this is something different or if these are demos for ponies or what mm-hmm. I recorded them with my friend Graham Gibson and uh, he was the first drummer for disappears and uh, he played drums on them and he's like hey we should call we, we had a mutual friend Jonathan Van Herrick and uh, he's like we should call Jonathan and he should play guitar on this so kind of before I knew it I had started a new band with <laughs> these guys. it's just that easy yeah like it was like you know ponies wasn't doing anything and you know I wasn't working very much and i just had these songs and it all just came together and i was like well shit like let's just do this you know and you have oh sorry go ahead no it's fine no i I was just gonna say and then it you know lasted 10 years which i think (laughs) was anticipating (laughs) uh so you have like so many different types of music you dip your toes into and like Mm -hmm. your music is and can be when you're writing a song do you know like Oh, this is going to be more like a 
indie punk type song or this is going to be more like uh stripped down art rock like do you how does when you're writing music how does that process work in your head or i kind of just get music? little things together that i like the sound of and the kind of song in it is just dictated by whoever i'm like collaborating with mm-hmm. you know it's like such a yeah i don't think about it i mean once it gets going i have like a vision sort of for what it should be or what I hear or, or, you know, everyone's always tossing around ideas, but I don't write anything specifically to be like for one thing or for. Sure. Mm -hmm. It just like whatever makes sense and it feels right is where it ends up being. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, And do you, are, do you like not to like go too far down the rabbit hole here, but we can, because we have time. (laughs) Uh, Or do you, what is your creative process like you write every day you write in bursts how does that all work i mean i try to play guitar every day and i um you know i'm constantly like putting things that i overhear or read or see in my like notes app and that's kind of Mm -hmm. where the lyrics come from just putting all these trying to find the connect the dots between all these weird phrases and ideas (laughs) and uh so yeah i guess writing is is constantly happening and you know just like living and witnessing you know your surroundings and what's going on it's it's always affecting you know it's always affecting you so it's always sort yeah. of you know channeling itself into what you're doing from if if i understand it correctly uh you know currently with facts it seems like you know your goal is maybe to you know get one record out a year mm-hmm. um get together with your your two bandmates and kick around ideas everybody brings something and you guys work on it and and the, that that's how the songs come about yeah it's just like you know kind of keep exercising your creative muscles mm-hmm. like, it seems I mean, it's hard to put out a record every year now because the pressing plans, it takes a year to get your record back. But but we're like, yeah, we're deaf. We're, you know, at least at the very least, we're we are recording like 30 minutes of music a year for public consumption. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's just a cool like it just keeps us productive and gives us like goals and things to look forward to. So Uh, what I really like is listening to your music is you're not like and i don't hopefully you don't take offense to this but i don't feel like you're a traditional guitar player and that you're like i'm just gonna play so you like will come sputtering in you'll play some dissonant noise you'll play mm-hmm. you know some jingle jangles i like to call them like our, our yeah. friend johnny mar right so like mm-hmm. how long did it take you to to feel like this is where the natural evolution of my music is or is this like mm-hmm. always what's been in your head when you think about playing guitar? uh it's kind of just been the way I'm reacting to whoever I'm I'm playing with, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think, I think it really stands out more in like 90 day men, like the early 90 day men stuff or like what facts is because those are three piece bands. So mm-hmm. there's so much more space and you're filling it or not filling it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ponies and disappears. I'm, I'm like collaborating with a band and also trying to find the space between someone who's playing the same instrument as me. So there's a different like push and pull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I feel like it's like, I guess yeah, I'm always like, kind of like I was saying before, like I'm always writing in response to the like people who I'm like surrounding myself with. Cause I've almost never done like two bands at the same time. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of just taking whatever comes out and giving it to the 
people I decided to hang out with. <laughs> well, it, it, it also seems like you don't have the kind of ego where you need the spotlight. And in, in pretty much all of these bands, you, you've, you've sought to make yourself fit in there, you know? Oh yeah, totally. I don't, I don't need to be, <laughs> be in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah it, it really feels like, and and this, uh, I think this. I say this is a compliment. Like it feels impro- improvisational. Like, yeah, the music that you make that you guys are really mm-hmm. like pushing and feeling and reacting to one another in a room. It reminds me a, a lot of the times like of like Jeff Parker and kind of like mm-hmm. how he plays guitar. Thank you. Which yeah. Is yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> I know you guys are like orbiting the Chicago music scene and have for around yeah. the same time. So uh-huh. I think it probably makes sense that like you're picking up influences, you're picking up influences and like, sure. I just think it's, it's like a very unique way to play and I really enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to leave some space for like mm-hmm. on the spot communication, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Like everybody knows kind of how to get into things and how to get out of them. And then within that, you know, within those parameters, you can like open yourself up in different ways. So when you play that stuff live, like maybe it's 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 probably different in in facts than it is in other bands you've been in. But uh, is it more like you're willing to improvise during that setting or is it like our songs will sound the same as they do on our record if you see us live? It's I mean, it's kind of both like we're not like trying to change anything. I think just as we continue to play things, they continue to evolve in different ways mm-hmm. like we start to like make the end go longer or, you know, we, you know, just like where we put it in the set, it feels different because we're going between one thing and another. So it's, uh, we're just open to them becoming new things, I would say, and not really worrying about playing them the way they are on the record, but we're also like not trying to like, you know, yeah, we're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's wherever both. it takes you. It's it's both. Takes yeah. You. yeah, yeah. We just I, let it do its thing. We just like yeah, mm-hmm. we get it to the venue and then we play it and whatever happens, we're just in there. Sometimes it's it gets messed up and sometimes it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it works more times than it doesn't. Uh, I yeah. What what I think is is cool and I, this may or may not be a deliberate thing, but disappears and and facts have both been on some like pretty influential, like really cool local Chicago labels. It was that mm-hmm. like always like we want we want to do our business locally or is it just like it just worked out that way well i love i love it when we can do like do everything in chicago like our last couple releases it's like pressed in chicago on a chicago Mm -hmm. recorded in chicago like that feels cool i love that um but i really would just say we just got lucky you know like (laughs) we're like i mean i think you know i had a relationship with joel and bill um and Lisa a little bit, but uh, I really knew Joel from Cranky and Bill from Trouble in Mind just from being around. And, you know, I worked at a record store with Joel for a while and Bill worked at a record store that I would go to a lot. So, like, you know, you start, you know, having these conversations about music and sort of beginning to understand what the other person is into or, you know, what they like. Mm-hmm. I think then when you, you know, you know that you can approach them with your music and be like, hey, this might be something you dig, you know, and. Yeah, I've been lucky to you know be on those labels, and it's those are awesome relationships. Yeah, we had uh, we had Bruce Adams on the show uh, a short time ago, and then we had uh, Bill from Trouble in Mind. Um, with uh, um, with most bands, it seems like they jump around a bit. You know, either it's because 
the label gets fed up with the band or the band gets Mm -hmm. fed up with the label, but it seems like with, with your bands, it seems to mesh really well. Yeah. I mean, it's like any creative relationship. It's, uh, you just, you have to see if it, if it's the right fit and like Mm -hmm. how, how you guys can do it together. Um, luckily those are labels where they're run by people who really care about music. So they're willing to, you know, not have something have to be in this specific way every time. Yeah. And, and, and care about the bands more than just like how many records they'll sell. For. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If that was the case, we wouldn't have been on either. label. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, just, this is a, a weird question, but um, <clears throat> maybe they've all been weird. I don't know, but uh, so disappears is, is, is cruising along and then, uh, Damon decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. He just wants to focus on some other creative outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever a thought? <clears throat> then, then the three remaining members. Sorry, go on. You guys make facts. Was there ever mm-hmm. a thought that like we'll continue on as as disappears or like what was the thought process between like rebranding uh, as a new band? We kind of talked. It was discussed. Um, I think it's just a creative decision. Like, let's just let's just be something new, you know, like let's take this opportunity to sort of not feel like we have to be disappears, you know? And Mm -hmm. it wasn't, the intention wasn't to do anything differently at all, but uh, just kind of just let whatever happens happen. So we decided that it would be cooler to begin like some new era as opposed to, yeah. Cause disappears had already changed so many times. And mm-hmm. it's like, do we want to lean into that and have this be something that right. like every few years, like a, a major element is removed or, yeah. you know, do we want to just like that Clean. exists as it exists and it's, yeah. it, and it right. started and it ended and it's a really cool mm-hmm. thing. And it doesn't have to be anything more. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's nice that there wasn't like some huge fallout that, that precipitated it. Right. Like you're just like, Oh, he wants to go to do his own thing. We're going to do our own thing now. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like a good way to end that chapter. You know, like it would, it would end eventually. Why not just do it? There? <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. so it has like removed, not like this is going to sound weird. I'm going to reorient the question. Uh, has how you've made music as facts and like through your creative processes, do you feel like that's different than it was and disappears are you going for something different like how has that changed if it has changed mm, i mean i don't think it's i don't think we're going for anything different it's just for some reason it's it's becoming different like the i, I will say like the end of disappears i really wanted it like my vision was like this machine like all these parts <laughs> that are like moving at the same time but sure. they like all do this one really specific thing and I liked that it was like getting very cold and it was like, I wanted it to sound just bizarre and weird and it was going there. And then, uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, this appears I'm like, that's not, I'm not as uh, like strict about what it has to be. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like exactly. I'm embracing like melody more, you know, like, and this appears yeah. I wanted like no melody, like there's not <laughs> a melodic thing happening. It's just these pieces like interacting with each other. So your anyway, dream scenario was to make metal machine music by yeah, like <laughs> literal metal machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, with facts, it's it's like 
you know, just ex- more exploring like texture and atmosphere and like, yeah, really just letting the, like letting the rhythm section shine and giving them just like a, like a space to like exist in, like setting the mood and the tone for them. And then they can just do something really cool. Yeah. It, it, I'm going to say like, it feels jazzy in a sense, like they lock into a, into a a new Mm. beat, into a rhythm and everything. And it's like the groove and it's like, okay, here we fucking go. Like this is Mm -hmm. is happening now. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's it's really cool to hear. Um, You've, uh, oh, go ahead. Um, you, 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 you've got a new record coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, it'll, yes, it'll, it'll certainly be out by time this show posts. Um, but it's called uh, still life in decay. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me that it's kind of a, an appropriate title for the band's approach too. like yeah. you guys, you guys lean towards the darker side of things. So yeah. uh, it, yeah. it, it, am I right there? Yeah, I like the idea of something changing because it's like breaking apart. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like growing. It's like, right. It's <laughs> like, you know, going away. Worse. And that's yeah. like, you know, deconstructing. Yeah, exactly. Like, mind. just yeah. let these things like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, was there a different recording process for Still Life and Decay than the others? Or like, this was just like, yep, sorry, we're putting down, we have enough songs we want to put on a new album. Right. Um, it was pretty much similar as we usually go into the studio with like 80% of what we need and we let mm-hmm. them, you know, we, we know the songs well and we play them and then we kind of just let whatever happens happens after that. Um, and let the kind of vibe like take us somewhere. So we, uh, we did that just like we normally do. Uh, we did it in Chicago at electrical audio, which is where we have tracked almost every record we've made. And, uh, all except for one. And then mm-hmm. we mixed it with our friend Samford. Uh, we usually mix with our friend John uh, Congleton, but he was real slammed. And we kind of felt like it was time for us to just try. Like we mm-hmm. had, we all had ideas about what we wanted. So we we're like, well, let's just do it. And if, mm-hmm. and if, if it's shitty, we can just send it to John, but if we're happy mm-hmm. with it, then it'll be a cool way to like mark this. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's like a, a truly Chicago affair. You know, you yes. got, you got recorded, mixed, mastered here. Yeah. Are you getting it pressed here? Is it gonna, it's pressed here plastic? as well. Yeah. yeah. Smash yeah. plastic. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Love smash plastic. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah. That's awesome. So what excites you about about the new music? Um well, it's, first, first of all, mm-hmm. one of one of the questions I have is, it's not really new music anymore because this is, <laughs> and we talked about this. Yeah, the, you know, this was done a year ago, so yeah. you know, it's going to be new to us. But you guys have been living it with it for a long time, and right. so Fair. that's Fair. that's that's got to be a really weird thing for a musician. Yeah, it's kind of it is weird, um, but that's also kind of how we we start to write new music. You know, mm-hmm. like. We have this kind of downtime before we the record comes out. So mm-hmm. while we're sort of playing the new stuff and keeping it fresh, we're also just like moving on, you know, to like right, right. So, um, uh, it's cool. I like it. Like we had rehearsal today and we played most of what we're gonna play on these tours coming up, and mm-hmm. uh, it's fun. It's fun to play. It's the first uh, record I've made in a alternate tuning. Uh, so cool. it has like a different thing. Like I had to use my brain in a different way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So it's fun to like kind of switch between the old stuff and the new stuff and try to, you know, just remember how things go in different ways. And 
It's cool. Uh, do you, so like walk us through what like the process is. So like you have this record coming out, or and you're getting ready to go on tour. Like, how do you mm-hmm. balance all those things? Like, how do you? What's your focus on a day to day to get ready for everything? Uh, we we always rehearse like once a week. It's like it, we're always playing. So. I don't ever feel like we're really like cramming or we're like, Oh shit. Like we, we're not going to get ready. Like we just put, you know, kind of play the songs we want and throw an old one in every once in a while to try to remember it and talk about it and just kind of keep spending some time every practice, like working on, you know, just some idea or just, you know, kind of no structure, see what, you know, we always use our phones and record it. So we're just like, we just play regularly. So getting ready is never like a hassle or stressful. It's just like, it's some of the times logistics can be stressful, you know, like sure. planning a tour, figuring out, <laughs> you know, everything that goes around that and how, what's going to happen at home while we're gone with our families and, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, right. you know, we're all, we're all organized and open with each other. So we, we're always kind of in a good spot. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, Lior Galil recently had an article in the uh, in the Chicago Reader, great great mm-hmm. article about challenges of of going out on tour now. Yeah. Um, and and you 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 were one of the people that he talked to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a- a- everybody's been told here recently with all of the changes over the last 10, 15 years, whatever, um, that one of the few ways that bands can make money is go out on tour. But now even that's turned into a crap shoot. So, yeah. you know, how, how much has touring, you know, obviously you and your bandmates, you know, you're not 20 somethings anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit different one way or the other, either better or worse, but you know, how, how much has it changed for you? Um, it's, I mean, it's harder than it used to be. I think everything's more expensive except mm-hmm. for the amount of money you make. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. It's just like, you know, the good nights are good and the bad nights are like, they're, they're just harder because, mm-hmm. you know, there are realities that you have every day, like gas and food and sleeping. Mm-hmm. And when you take off work, you know, we all work jobs that are, you know, we get paid every, you know, we're bartenders and we work at restaurants and, right. so, you know, if we're coming home, what we're coming home with is what we have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You have to be willing to take a chance and I mean, you have to plan ahead. Like I know when a tour is coming up, I'm, I'm being way more squirrely with the money that I have. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it'd be nice to not have to worry about those things, but there's still realities and it's, mm-hmm. it is, we, you know, it's not, it, it's not changed my mind on going out and doing it, even though it's become harder and harder. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you guys have a show, two shows coming up at empty right. bottle in, right. yeah. in April. It's awesome. Yeah. That seems like a really great venue for you. I had a question I was going to ask you, which is like your, your music, your music has this like, dark and like murky kind of quality to it it's almost like foggy in a sense mm-hmm. what's like your right is like what's the ideal setting venue for for a fax show i mean i love empty bottle because it's for us like that size room is just perfect like mm-hmm. when it's full it feels really good it's like you're 
the way like the room is set you're really it's just like you kind of communicating with the crowd and them communicating mm-hmm. with you it's like you can see everybody in the room you know mm-hmm. um i just love it there it sounds awesome i grew up there like in many ways uh so that's you know like that's the bottle is great because of that but also just like that amount of people in a room i think is like that's where like things really happen like that's mm-hmm. where people are meeting people that's where people are you know having the shared experience and you can like notice it with the people around you mm-hmm. you know and uh whether it's a sold out show or like you know there's 20 people there like it's the same interaction so i like rooms like that yeah hell yeah uh i'm gonna now pivot to some chicago questions because we okay. kind of can 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 yeah, i ask a question um, absolutely um and 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 maybe this will be covered into some chicago questions but um you you, you also have a son asher who mm-hmm. plays in a great rock band loud rock band lifeguard they're awesome they're getting yes. a lot of attention mm-hmm. um what kind of advice are you giving him and and uh and you know does he listen to you yeah i mean i've been lucky to where because they're so young there has needed to be an adult around okay uh, <laughs> they've done a couple tours and you know they're they're starting to play a lot of shows out of town so i've mm-hmm. i've done most of those with them and uh it's been really fun and uh my advice is just you know i'm just kind of trying to you know in the basic level just be like show up and be ready to play you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> be, be nice to people know what you're doing like be right. confident, like and yeah. you know meet people like say hi to every person at the club like introduce okay. yourself mm-hmm. yeah. sell merch yourself to the people who are buying your music you know like you right. start start a real relationship like a social relationship with what it means for you to play shows and have people come and mm-hmm. uh, so mostly those sorts of things, you know, I'm, I, you know, organization, (laughs) you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, right. My best advice would be like, just finish the song. You know, like if you're writing a song, like just finish the song, even if nobody's Mm going to like it, just like wrap Mm -hmm. it up and then, you know, and then something always comes from that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Just stuff like Uh, that. Is he receptive to, to your, your, yeah, I think there's, there is a lot of, um, I think Asher respects what I'm saying and knows that the reason I'm saying it is because I had to learn that. Right, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, you, you already made the mistake, so he doesn't have to. Yeah, just like you can, you know, these are these are experiences I've had. Take Man. take from them what you will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, they're they're making some some really good music. I was actually yeah, yeah. today. Yeah, I just got back from, uh, I took them, I went with them to South by Southwest last week. Oh, nice. So it was really fun. They had never been there, of uh-huh. course, and had never seen anything like that. And it was, it was really, really cool to like be there kind of through their eyes and yeah, to see them getting like a lot of attention and people being excited about them. Mm-hmm. Of course, made me, made me really proud, made me feel good. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. That's that's yeah. really great. Uh so now we're gonna ask some Chicago questions. There we go. All right. You you answered one in one perspective, but the the other perspective, and always as always, feel free to 
add as much context or as little context as you want. You could just say yes, no, <laughs> okay. it's fun, but you can do that. Right. Uh, so you love playing the empty bottle. Would you say mm-hmm. that's your favorite venue to see shows at too? Or is there another venue in Chicago that you like seeing shows at? Or I mean, favorite? There, it's, I could never pick like number one because <clears throat> every place has a different vibe and seeing mm-hmm. a show there is such sure. a unique experience. Um, but yeah, like, I just think that's, I really like that size. And luckily in Chicago, there's a lot of venues that are like that size. Like, mm-hmm. yes. like Sleeping Village is like that. And like, yep. you know, even like Metro is like double those places, but it, you know, or triple in some instances, but it really feels like you can play a show. That, like we played a show on the floor at Metro last year around this time. And I think there was like 400 people there or something, but it mm-hmm. felt like good you know like and that's a room that could it should feel like gigantic when it's <laughs> not full but it felt mm-hmm. really good it felt like a totally weird show it's fun um well in, in, at the metro even if even if if you're in the audience standing on the floor and you're in the back you're you're not really that far from the stage you yeah know? exactly I mean, that's, like that's I think part of it's, it yeah it's just like it's, it it's wide fun. but yeah it feels homey just like yeah. those, those other rooms that are sort of made for that many people it feels right. good with that many so yeah yeah i mean i don't know there's so many great spots like i work i work at this distillery and it's called jets in the more and they're doing shows there too and it's totally oh, yeah. different kind of like vibe from even those places it's new and it's it, but it's it's just like them it's unique and it has this feeling uh it's cool i think it's like it's a chicago thing i think it's because of the people here like didn't uh L- elizabeth moan just play there she did yeah yeah she did a Springsteen thing or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah, I bet that would be very interesting. I'm here for yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I think it's like a Chicago vibe. It's, it's a yeah. Chicago thing. Like that's Chicago. Let's talk about that Chicago thing. <laughs> yeah. Like what what makes Chicago unique to you in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I think I think it just comes from the ability to live your life creatively like it's still i mean it's so much more than it used to be but i still feel like it's a, for the size of city it is the price to live here is still mm-hmm. pretty reasonable yeah mm-hmm. so it allows people to you know explore their creative sides through their life not just when you're a kid and you don't care if you have six roommates and you know right. what i mean like, <laughs> right yeah like you you like your your practice grows with you and uh that's not easy to do everywhere, you know, especially right. as you get older and your needs change or. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now a silly one. Are you a, a thick slash like deep dish pizza fan or a thin crust pizza? Fan? Thin crust. Okay. All right. What's uh? what's your go-to spot? If you, if you're comfortable giving up that. Information, <laughs> right. Comfortable giving that up. Hmm. <laughs> How about we just say this? What are some thin crust pizza spots you do like? That way you don't have to give out the special one. Right. Um, forget the place down. I, I live out, down the street from this place that I don't know why I cannot remember its name right now. Oh, Jimmy's. It's called Jimmy's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That place is awesome. Uh, Pequod's, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, else? I don't know. That bottle, that place by the bottle is really good. The oh, pizza yeah, place. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not thin crust yeah it's not thin crust yeah no it's super good yeah yeah, yeah that, that is really good yeah. um 
So you have friends in town who are not from Chicago. Like, what are you taking them to to see? Like, what are the things that they have to see while they're in town? Uh, Rainbow Club. Everyone has to go to Rainbow Club. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> the best mm-hmm. bar in the world. Um, Love Rainbow. Yeah. Where else? I don't know. Like, I'm trying. I don't know. Like, I guess we go out to eat somewhere. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. Lula's, Lula's Super Chicago Place. Yeah. 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 I love it there. I met my wife there. Like, oh, awesome. that's great. It's an awesome, like, restaurant uh, that feels like a good Chicago staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Simon's. That's a great bar. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I like Simon's. See a little bit, um, you know. Old school. Yeah. I went there the night before my wedding and got hammered. <laughs> Wife didn't care for that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't tell. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I was really hungover. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Megan. I still love you. Uh, <laughs> who? What are some Chicago bands that, that you've been enjoying lately? Or if you have like any all-timers? I, mean, you- um, I love Mute Duo. Have you seen them? No. I don't think it's so. Like, dr- like drums and lap steel. Hmm. Oh, okay. They're great. It feels uh, like a constellation bar uh band to me. Yeah. They would uh do very well yeah. there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or Hungry Brain. Oh yeah. They love Hungry Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I don't know. Lifeguard. We were talking about them. Yes. Yes. I love them. They're so yep. good and it's so fun. <laughs> like, I just love like watching them play. Yeah. The 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 youthful energy. Yeah. yeah, and they're like you know part of this really great like young Chicago scene that's right. happening now, and it's yeah. really exciting to like just have been watching these kids play for so long, mm-hmm. and now it's like like they're all doing such amazing stuff. It's so exciting. So yeah, yeah, that's feels like that feels good. Um, the band or one of the bands we're playing at the bottle with, Dim, uh, they're like the best Chicago band that never plays like i think this mm-hmm. is their first show since 2019 or something <laughs> wow oh, they're wow. just amazing i love them so much uh and cabeza de chivo i haven't seen yet but our drummer noah is just like everyone who knows them who is everyone who's heard them who see, saw that we're playing that show together is super excited like so i can't wait to hear them mm-hmm. um, yeah i don't know i mean this could be a this could be an hour long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you just keep going. Or it's one of the great things question. about Chicago. Yeah, yeah. The more I say, the more I leave out. So we'll just uh-huh. leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think you're you're spot on. Like there is this like really big like youth movement in the Chicago scene right now, which is like so cool to see. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems like. I feel like there's always the case, but it feels like there's a lot of like cross pollination. A lot of people are get along really well. I mean, like yeah. lifeguard and horse girl, obviously for multiple reasons, they get along very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Siblings, but yep. that's like just so cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah awesome. I am here for it. Yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, Me too. Uh, switching gears a little bit. This doesn't have to be Chicago focused if you don't want it to be, but what, what kind of music, what have you been listening to lately? Uh, what have I been listening to? Oh, uh, this new this band called Bar Italia, they're on Matador. Uh, they haven't put. Oh, out. I did see. They're from they just, England, right? Yeah, yeah. They just put yeah. out a single. Yeah, yeah. The first like thing we from Matador, it, and it was like, it's awesome. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's really good. And uh, so I've been listening to some of the other stuff that they released. Um, just checking them out. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, do you know the band Life Tones? No, I don't think so. The guitar player from This Heat after This Heat. Oh, love he made This the, Heat. Yeah. So they, he made this record that was really cool. And uh, I've I've been listening to it a bunch lately just because Asher is also into it. But mm-hmm. uh, um, they just announced that they're like playing shows again or they're doing a couple shows. So we, I've been listening to it more than I had been just because uh-huh. I'm just so fascinated now. Like, wow, how, how are they going to do this? What's it going to uh-huh. be? Is it you know, it kind of, called? when you know, something's going to be when something, when you have something that you'll never hear performed and you're just like, I don't know. I just hear it in a different way that, you know, like, no, and then knowing that you could see it after you thought it would never be an option. It like changes that. Yeah, um, this is gonna be a really bad joke, but I'm gonna make it. So, <laughs> so when this heat got back together or they started playing shows, they were called "This is not this heat." Is right. Life tones gonna be "This is not life tones." No, it's it. They're called life tones because I think okay. it's only two guys that made it, and I I think they're both in it. So, okay. I think, I'm gonna I think one of the out. guys is the other original guy. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, right. We I saw this is not this heat. They played at Pitchfork. What I like, I don't let's say like sometime yeah. in the past, like five, they're fucking awesome. Like, it was so good. I could not believe how good they did it. Like, it was kind of like this unwound show that I just saw a couple weeks ago or just last. Oh, week. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it was the same thing where it was like, there's so much like love and how they're doing this. Like, they really care. Like, they put yeah. so much into mm-hmm. it. And it was, I mean, they were both amazing shows. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to listen awesome. to this heat. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Move on. And life tones. Life yeah. tones for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh so this is our favorite question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, we are huge fans of cheap drinks. I know you're talking about rainbow, so you probably mm-hmm. had many one, two, a thousand high lifes there at some point. Yeah. Uh our go-to cheap drinks, mine, I don't want to speak for you, Papa. Mine is mm-hmm. is like high life or or PBR or rolling rock in bottle form. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. what is your go-to cheap drink? Mm-hmm. I love like a Modelo or Tecate. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. High life's cool, okay. but th- I prefer those. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 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 You've, you've aged out of it. No more. Had a couple, <laughs> I had a couple Modelos on Saturday. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So um, as we wind down, we're talking, we have the new album coming out uh, yeah. in, in April, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you're going on tour. Mm-hmm. I looked at the tour dates. You're all you're all over. You're in the Midwest. You're going down the the, the West Coast, and then you're coming back. Uh, what what are you most excited about uh, coming up over here in the next like let's just say six months? Yeah, um, it's kind of the first like at the end of 2021, we did a big tour opening for Mets and Preoccupations. It was like the whole country. It was wild. It was mm-hmm. a wild time to do that, and like it was a pretty crazy. Yeah. Tour. Yep. And we haven't done anything really since then. Like we had, we finished the record that we were making a few months after that. And I know we've just been waiting for it to come out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, during that time, Aliana left the band and Jonathan rejoined. So we didn't like book anything because we knew that we were just going to be getting like Jonathan up to speed for when this record came out. So mm-hmm. we haven't really played any shows. So it's going to be nice to go back and go to some of these places that we used to go to once or twice a year, you know? So yeah, it's been a while. It'll be fun. Awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug on the way on out of here? Otherwise I would like to just say, thank you so much for the time. Uh, 
really, really looking forward to Still Life and Decay. Thank uh, you. The, the Every, two singles I've heard so far have been really, really cool. I, awesome. I'm really looking for the rest of it. Thank where, you. Where, yeah. where should people go to buy it? Um, yeah. Bandcamp is a great place to awesome. buy music. On or the first Friday uh, of, of a month is, yeah. is preferable, and right? If, yeah. If you can't find it in a record store or whatever, you can always find it on Bandcamp. But there you go. I support the record store too. So, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, again, thank you so much. Uh, really looking forward to the new music. Good luck on the tour and everything like that. And thank you. Uh, hope, hope you take care. Thank you so awesome. much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening today. We are no wristbands. We drink for free. Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and check out our website at NoWristbands.com.